Hey everyone, we have a fun episode this week. We are doing a mashup of highlights from some of our favorite episodes, ranging from parenting with unconditional love to finding some joy and enthusiasm every single day. We hope you love it. Let's find the magic. As we venture into the middle of summer, a lot of us can be feeling a little exhausted and As mothers and parents, I think often we don't feel like we are doing enough and we can start to try to look for ways to be fulfilled on the outside, looking to others to fill us up. So in this clip, we are chatting about how we can tap into that abundance, that fullness, that energy that is inside all of us. For me, and Marie Kondo, actually, in her book, The Life-Changing Magic of Tidying Up, she recommends doing this specific exercise. And when I did it, it came down to, why do I want to have an organized house? You know, I probably answered the question, I don't know, six, seven, eight times. Um, The feeling that I wanted in the end was, I want freedom. I want to feel more free than I feel right now. Then, but when we take it this next step, the feeling of tapping into that freedom, when I did this, guys, when I did this exercise, it was amazing because I did realize that inside of me, I am not my things. When I mm-hmm. spent a few minutes feeling the freedom, I felt it in my house before I'd even done anything. Yep. And so the amazing thing about that is it actually gave me tons of motivation to go and do the things that I did in the, the way that she said to do, like my closet. It's mm-hmm. been three years now and I still have an organized closet, mm-hmm. which is amazing. I can't say it's happened with everything in my house, but yeah. the things that I... You know what I mean? Like it, it's stuck on those yeah. things, which has been amazing. But the thing I love about it is I can actually, because I remember how that felt, I can go into that feeling anytime I want. Mm-hmm. And again, it motivates me to actually organize my house. And it allows me, though, to still feel it even when I don't have a perfectly organized mm-hmm. house. You know what I'm saying? It's and I think what's cool about it is, so if you look at it from, so say a lot of us feel or we want our kids to not fight or to be well-behaved or whatever the things are that everyone wants their kids to get good grades, all of those things. So if we, we look at all of those things and think why we get down to a feeling, we do this exercise. I think whatever it is, you realize that those outside things, the end results I mean, we've talked about this before, but if you specifically look at your kids, like they aren't you. You can be over here feeling happy and with joy and with contentment and with peace, all the things that you probably want from those outward circumstances and realize, but even if my kids are fighting, I still have that peace Mm -hmm. inside Mm -hmm. me and it doesn't affect that Mm -hmm. because it's already there. I totally agree. And you're showing up for your kids in mm-hmm. a way better way right. when you're coming from that. And we know, okay, so Felicia, as you're talking, I realized that th- I love it when we have these concepts that really come back to like the core principles that we always go back to. Mm-hmm. One of them, think about it when we're talking about our kids, how, and I mean, research has proved that like punishment doesn't do long term. Mm-hmm. It doesn't change behavior in the long term. Punishment changes behavior in the short term. Right. So we can motivate ourselves by scarcity, fear, and desperation mm-hmm. for a short time. Mm-hmm. We can be like, I hate this. It's so bad. And you can like plow through and organize a closet or whatever mm-hmm. it is that you're trying to do. But long term, it is not going to motivate you. 
but love and freedom and tapping into the positive things, those are long-term things. So it's actually, we're actually just treating ourselves like we've been talking about for months now, treating our kids, right? It's like the same concept, but like on a really deeper level, which I really love. So there's a quote that I've had my kids. So we memorize a lot of poetry quotes, whatever. And one of the ones that I memorized with my kids is by Mahatma Gandhi. And the quote is, power is of two kinds. One is obtained by the fear of punishment and the other by acts of love. Power based on love is a thousand times more effective and permanent than the one derived from fear of punishment. So like this is actually, I didn't realize this until you were talking, Felicia, but like this is what we're talking about. We're taking time and deliberately motivating ourselves with love instead of fear of punishment. Mm -hmm. Because so many of the things that we want in life can come from a place of fear. You totally. Know? You think something bad's going to happen if you don't do this. This thing's going to fail if you don't figure that out. Yeah, mm-hmm. totally. So we're just like taking the time to deliberately put our minds in a place where we can come at it from a place of love. Mm-hmm. So I like, I don't know, I love that concept that we're just parenting ourselves on mm-hmm. a really deeper level. Mm-hmm. Okay, so now I'm going to go a little deeper. I mean, organized house is easy to talk about because it's not like super emotional generally. But what about with things that we want that have to do with other people who we love a lot? So, for example, uh, my husband has been, for the past long time, been having, like, really stressful, overwhelming things that has to do with his work. And as a wife, it's been really hard for me because I want him to be happy and I want him to be enjoying his life. And I felt like, you know, he's, he's had a lot on his plate and it's been a lot of pressure on him. And... I find myself sometimes going like into the pit with him, mm-hmm. but it doesn't help him because when I just go into the pit and I'm sad myself, then I show up to him and I'm actually not as patient and I come across as less understanding. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Totally. And so when I do this exercise, so this applies to anybody in your life. I mean, you can apply this to your kids when they're not happy. You can apply to, I mean, anything, anytime you have somebody else in your life, who, if you could just wave a magic wand and change something for them, you would. Mm-hmm. I think we all have somebody in our life who, at one point in time or other, there's some, somebody who would want to just wave a magic wand to make them happy, right? Mm-hmm. When I did this exercise with him, cause my first go-to was, well, if he's having a hard time, then I should be having a hard time, right? Yep. Like, because that's empathy. That's I'm with him. We're, in a, we're on a team. But then when I, I realized that then I was just not capable of doing all my things, So when I did this exercise with him, what it came down to, I wanted to feel connected in our relationship and I wanted to feel joy. I thought if he wasn't overwhelmed with work, if I could wave my magic wand and make work easier on him, then I would feel joy and connectedness. Mm -hmm. So So you're putting your happiness dependent on his happiness. Mm -hmm. So then if you go in and actually take, so when I went in and actually took the time, first of all, I'm amazed joy is one of those things that we can tap into at any time. Like I know that for sure. There is, there's invitations for joy all around us Mm -hmm. if we let them in. So you tap into that and I could feel it in my body, but then the connectedness specifically, you're wondering, well, that has to do, that actually is with your husband. So how do you even do that? What I found though is connectedness. And we've, we've touched on this before, but I can feel connected to him even while he's overwhelmed. Mm -hmm. Right even though I can't change his work circumstances and there are even tasks where I was like, can I do this task for you? And he's like, no, like I got, I have to do it. Mm -hmm. So I can't take that from him, 
But I can, instead of withdrawing and feeling alienated or unconnected or whatever, I can still choose to say, I am going to still be here connected with you mm-hmm. w- during it. But that doesn't mean that I have to like go into fight or flight myself. Mm-hmm. Does that make sense? Mm-hmm. And the cool thing about coming at it from that point, once once I could tap into that, and when I'm saying I'm acting like this, like a one-time thing, this is something that I do on a regular basis. Mm-hmm. And, but it changes me from a scarcity, like poor us situation to, okay, so now I'm actually can come at it from a place of inspiration. What can I actually do to help him? Mm-hmm. Right. And there's some More things that have come to my mind. Like mm-hmm. I can do this thing in the morning that will help him have like, for example, like I'll make him a green smoothie in the morning. So he has something with energy going into his day. And you can actually, cause I'm not saying that this means when we apply this to other people in our life, this doesn't mean like your happiness is your own job. So forget everybody else. Mm-hmm. It's not that. Yeah. It's when you, when you are responsible for your own happiness, you can actually do things that can contribute to the happiness of others because you love them mm-hmm. and because you're coming at a place of inspiration and you can follow through with those things you know, that's part of being in a relationship is you're doing things that you do hope is going to contribute to the happiness mm-hmm. of the person that you love. But you also know that you're not dependent on that thing yeah. that's going to make them happy. And then therefore the it'll chain. make you happy. And then therefore, you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. It's not that. You're, mm-hmm. You actually can give it unconditionally. You can give it with a sense of I'm giving this mm-hmm. with no requirement in return. Totally. And that's what love is. Totally. I that's what love is. Anyway, yep. so... So you can apply that to any like difficult situation with other people in your own life. And mm-hmm. honestly, what I found also is with work, work changes and projects get done. Businesses that you start aren't always startups. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? And yep. it's quite a beautiful thing that that's how the seasons of our lives go. And you can actually tap into joy throughout the whole thing when yep. you do this yep. regularly. Exactly. And Thinking about like those seasons and stages of your life, I think all the time our our personal capabilities and our desires are changing depending on what season we're in. Maybe we just had a new baby or our husband has a particularly hard time at work or is there a lot so we don't have as much time. Whatever it is, we're in a world where we see everybody doing all the things. It feels like everybody's kids are dressed perfectly and our houses are so nice and they're making all this delicious food. But I love this same, a similar process. So we just wanted to talk about it here at the end, a similar process to tapping into the feeling and how it can help you distill what is actually important in your stage of life. Mm-hmm. So I think for all of us, it's really helpful to be in touch with what we're feeling, good or bad, through meditation journaling, those sort of things. Even if I take the time to write out new affirmations, I can see what is really important to me in that time. So all those things we talk about with um, a morning routine, but specifically with this tapping into the feeling. So when you start feeling that you're in that pressure cooker to achieve and be doing everything and be successful in all the areas of life, you can feel that, that anxious like, I'm not doing everything that I should be doing and here's all the things that I, in quotes, want to do or quotes, should be doing. So you have this big list and I like to take all those things, whatever it is. So say it's making dinner every night, keeping my house clean, working out. I should be starting a side business. I should be, So take all the things and then look at in that season. So I would say it's probably every two to three months 
that, you know, things kind of change. Kids are doing new stuff. Husband's doing new stuff, whatever. You want to do new stuff. And ask yourself, why this thing? So let's say a side business. So I'm asking myself, why am I doing this? And then when I start to like write about it, list it out, think about it. I like to write it because for me, it's more of a cathartic process that I can get out Mm -hmm. all my feelings. But if you just want to think about it, that works too. But when I'm writing it out, am I doing it to impress someone else? Am I doing this, want to do this thing because I have to? So that makes me think of like your house being kept a certain way. Like I have to keep my house this way because, you know, you have subconscious thing about how your mom or your grandma did it, whatever it is. And if you feel that feeling of having to, instead of choosing to, you feel trapped. Exactly. Which is unfortunate. Yeah. Are you doing it to fit in with social norms? You know, everybody's kids are in soccer and piano and ballet. So my kids have to be in all those things. So, and then I like to keep inquiring until I can distill all the way down and only, and we talked about this in our third or fourth episode about essentials, Uh but you're only keeping those things that are really stoking that inner fire where you're feeling that I'm going to feel joy, peace, contentment if I do this thing. And so I, I feel like a big stage in life when this is helpful is when I have a new baby and Carolyn has talked about this with having her fourth kid, but sometimes you're in a season where you have to just let a lot of things go. Mm-hmm. And <laughs> and newborn, newborn, I don't know, stage. some people don't, some people some are people able to like that. maintain everything. But like yeah. for me, it's literally every single thing yeah. that's not absolutely essential yeah. gets chopped off. Totally. For and I feel while. that in pregnancy because you're just sick or tired or feeling really heavy and you're not, you know, <laughs> all the things. Because you need way more sleep than normal. Way more sleep. <laughs> that's like a so whatever it is, use. I love using this process to get to that feeling and stoke that feeling for something you want to achieve, but to also to distill down your life to what do I actually really want? And I love, oh, there's some quote that is basically, we, at the end of our life, we're not going to look back and be like, I wish I worked more. Or I wish I cleaned my house more. So I love this process because I feel like it distills to the core of, so even if it is like something to do with work, why am I doing that? And if you can get it down to Mm -hmm. the core of, I want to help this person or I want to provide jobs for these people or Mm -hmm. whatever. So whatever it is, I feel like it really distills down to life essentials that at the end of your life, you're not going to look back and be like, why did I waste so much time like mopping my floor mm-hmm. or whatever the thing is, maybe mm-hmm. some of your floor, but you go. Mm-hmm. Or it could be, I see now the value of mopping my floor because it, you know, I contributes that. to this peaceful mm-hmm. feeling in my home for my kids. Either way, whether you're doing it or not, it's the getting to your own why that gives you that power. Exactly. And I love that you said that about work. And as you were talking, I realized I think there's a lot of people out there who struggle specifically with like body issues. Mm -hmm. This applies so well to body issues. Food specifically, like if you're wanting to be like, I want to be a certain weight or I want to look like this. Mm -hmm. Again, going back to the fear of punishment versus coming at it from a love standpoint. I mean, there is a lot of research out there about diets that don't work, right? You know what I mean? Like you just do them out of fear and Mm -hmm. then it just 
it's just like a yo-yo back yep. and forth because fear motivation simply doesn't last. Yep. So again, if you go through this, this exercise, but with the concept of health, if you find out that your why is because you want to look like somebody on a magazine, mm-hmm. it might, that might be more out of fear than out of love and it might not last. Yep. But if you can get to a why that's like, because I want to feel love, joy, because I love who I am, I want to mm-hmm. be healthy and I want to experience this life or mm-hmm. whatever your why is. Mm-hmm. I'm just saying if you can do this exercise with your body, I think it is so, it's actually something that can last for a long time and also frees you from being a slave mm-hmm. to it as well. When you realize you can tap in, mm-hmm. you can tap into that feeling whether you weigh what you want to weigh or not. Exactly. That feeling yeah. is there yep. already. Oh, the elusive intuition. We all want to be guided by our deeper purpose and our deeper sense of self. And there are so many voices competing for our attention. In this clip, we talk about how we can become more centered when we listen to that inner voice and how we can do that. thing for me is if I'm feeling that, if I'm feeling in tune, then Whatever's going on in the world, which right now is like, yeah, it doesn't matter. (laughs) But when I'm not feeling strong in my center, like if I'm not feeling intuitive, then all that stuff Mm -hmm. that's messy out there, it does, it does bother me and get Mm -hmm. to me. And I feel it every single day, you know, and it like weighs on me. Hmm. Yeah. So you're saying by tapping into your own intuition and your own true self, you're saying that it makes you more resilient to difficult outside circumstances. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Hmm. I agree with that. Yeah. And we're going to talk a lot about like finding this. We can find it within ourselves. And there's a lot of words that like people can use for this. But like for me, I'm going to use the word God. But like for someone else, it might be any sort of higher power. Maybe it's the universe. Maybe Mm -hmm. it's whatever it may be. But yeah, I think that we can find this intuition in ourselves. And and I think that as we center in, because as you said, like the world is always changing and there's always going to be loud noise all the time mm-hmm. unless we set aside the, t- the space for ourselves to be able to kind of like center in and like for me it's connecting with myself connecting with God and I think that's something that we can find like strength and steadiness in mm-hmm. for lack of a better word mm-hmm. and yeah something that I thought of and I think Terlin you told me this a few years ago but I love the idea of because like thinking of there's got to be something more to my everyday I think there's a we're going to talk about like a few tools and ideas to kind of help us to be able to find mm-hmm. find that fulfillment <clears throat> within ourselves and with that higher power. But I think one of them also is asking, okay, well, what would my perfect every day look like? Because mm-hmm. it's still, obviously, you're still going to be doing just some of the tasks that you always do, mm-hmm. whether that's cleaning, emptying the gym, like taking care of kids. Those still might be in it. But then think about like, what do I want to see in my everyday? Like, what would my perfect everyday be like? Mm -hmm. And then if there's something that you're not doing that you could do, add it in Mm -hmm. and vice versa. If there's something that it's like, I do this every day, it's not adding to my life or maybe, and maybe it's really not adding value because it's maybe not adding value to my family's life or whoever my sphere of influence is and make those choices to do it. But I think it comes with asking yourself, not only what is what do I want my future, my higher self, what does that look like to me, but also what is my everyday mm-hmm. that I that I want look like to me. Mm-hmm. And I think you can start there and then and maybe as you do it, you might even realize, well actually I really like a lot of the things that I'm doing every day. And just coming to that awareness of like, I don't know, maybe there isn't tons that you would change, but it's also just coming coming from the inside of a place of 
fulfillment rather Choice. than this is just something that I have to do. Yeah. That exercise you just mentioned is one that I think is worth, I mean, we've talked about it a few times, but the, to me, the liberating part of that exercise is you're, you're, then you just deliberately choose what you are doing in the day, right? So say you hate changing diapers, but once you realize I'm choosing this Mm -hmm. and I am going to deliberately choose it, all of a sudden diapers become meaningful. Mm -hmm. It actually adds meaning. Mm -hmm. So, um, and we've talked in detail about that in past episodes. But um, I think that is a really liberating exercise to do and taking a minute to find what we actually want. So writing out, I mean, this is an exercise people do all the time, but writing out what what is your perfect day? What does it even look like? Mm-hmm. One of my favorite mentors ha- who has helped me had me once, he was like, tell me if you could choose, like, what would your day consist of? And when I wrote it out, it was so clear mm-hmm. the things that I could be doing to fit those, right? Mm-hmm. Right. And it was so cool. It, it's a really cool exercise to do. Just what does your day, if you had a fulfilling day, what would it look like? Would yeah. it include? Totally. Is writing part of it? Because if so, are you writing right now? <laughs> you know, mm-hmm. if teaching yeah. is part of it, are you doing things to put inside of your brain so that you can teach? You know, like there's all sorts of things that change the way you act today, knowing what you want in the future. So just being mm-hmm. clear about what you want, I think is so, so, so important. And I feel like kind of a prequel to all these tools we're gonna about to give you guys. We're gonna give you so many tips today on how to tap into your intuition and kind of like that vision for your life. But it kind of goes without saying, but most of the stuff that we're talking about is stuff that we do in the morning. Yeah. Our fulfilling time <clears throat> is the morning. And you guys have heard us, we'll, we'll link our episodes to it. I mean, like morning time is the time for me where I do connect with God and look at that, spend that time like cultivating fulfillment and meaning and tapping into intuition. So a lot of these things, if you're like, oh my gosh, where am I even going to do this exercise? Your morning routine would be a great Mm -hmm. time. So just listen to the tools that we give you and then choose one that resonates with you if you want Mm -hmm. and try it out because I think it's all these things can be super clarifying and liberating for us. Mm-hmm. So going back to what we want, I think there's a feeling when we know what we want, there are two ways to want something. The first way is I want something that I don't have. And when I feel that want, all I feel is lack, right? So we use our imaginations and we're like, oh my gosh, if I had this job, if I had this relationship, if I had this amount of money, if I had these <coughs> kids who actually behaved, you know, whatever, mm-hmm. we imagine it and we are left with the feeling of lack. And guess what, guys? First of all, it feels terrible. Second of all, it doesn't help us get what we want, Mm -hmm. okay? So another way of reframing this, and it's literally just using what we want. For me, it's the feeling between a push and a pull. So when I think of what I just described there, it's like a, I feel like I'm pushing myself. Like, I want to change stuff about my life, but uh, Mm -hmm. now I just feel sad about it. And you're doing it to feel yourself from outside or... It, sometimes it's like a self-sabotaging because you don't actually want to do those things. Yes. Mm-hmm. So then you're just like, yes. Yeah. And you're feeling empty mm-hmm. and you're like, how in the world can I fill this? And it's not very helpful. However, if you can use your same imaginative process, so you think of the things that you want, then what you do is you tap into the feeling. So I actually think of the feeling. So this would make me feel satisfied, content, whatever. Guys, guess what? In your imagination, you can actually feel the feeling just by imagining the thing. You can feel the feeling. Like, it's literally you're creating the feeling inside of you. I picture it like fluffing up. Like, I'm like fluffing up the feeling. (laughs) Then what happens, instead of feeling from a place of lack, and I use the term, and so many mentors and teachers who teach this concept use this term, I, like, say a little prayer, like, this or something better. Mm -hmm. So 
whatever I have in my mind, this imaginary thing that I am desiring, this or something better, I've thought of the feeling that it brings to me and I've named the feeling. This makes me feel satisfied. This makes me feel content. I feel the feeling of contentment. And then I just let it pull me. I actually picture it like pulling me towards it. And guess what guys, the cool thing about this exercise is then you get inspiration about what action to take to make that thing happen. Mm -hmm. So you're coming at it from a place of total abundance instead of lack, mm -hmm. but it starts with the same exercise. The exercise is what do you want? So I feel yeah. like you can go through your whole life never actually deciding what you want and just taking what comes at you. Mm -hmm. But if you just decide it and then either choose, I'm either gonna be sad about this and come from a place of lack because I don't have it, or I'm gonna cultivate that feeling, feel the feeling of abundance inside of me and then let life pull me towards it. Guess what, it's so cool. Mm -hmm. Our intuition, God, whatever it is can pull us towards it and that feeling of being pulled towards something it feels to me from a place of fulfillment so much easier than trying to push myself right towards something from a place of emptiness mm -hmm. yeah because you're still you're still might have to put in energy and action to be oh, able yeah. to do it but you Actions. have that forward pull that's helping you yeah with it, which i like action is required to really get <clears throat> anything we want yeah i love i love the word intention because i feel like I feel like it's just, it says it all. And I think that that's it. It's just putting intention into deciding that this is important. Like, this is what I want. Mm -hmm. I think gratitude is such a beautiful practice. And it's like shown from science, like studies that show that when we are able to come from a place of gratitude, so expressing gratitude, writing things, like whether that's writing things down, whether it's saying them, I think it brings that power. So what you said of like, what this is what I want, then I'm going to imagine how I feel about it. That brings abundance. But I think also then bringing gratitude into it and maybe looking at, what do I already have that maybe is fulfilling this a little, like looking for ways that you're already maybe seeing some of those things come together in your life. And I think coming from a place of gratitude might also help you see like in what ways divinity has helped you to get where you are and what ways. And then I think it gives you kind of power to keep going forward mm -hmm. too. I've tried a plethora of different hair products, including shampoos, conditioners, creams, and I have had the same issues with my hair for years. First of all, I have a dry scalp issue, and my biggest thing with my hair is that it gets tangled super easily. But recently, I was introduced to a company called Gemist. I took their two-minute quiz that takes into a bunch of different factors, including what region you're from, how long or short your hair is, what are some of your biggest complaints with your hair, and then their fancy algorithm pairs you with the perfect products for your specific hair situation. So I was paired with a Formula 6 shampoo and Formula 13 conditioner, a styler cream, and a scalp balancing bar, and my hair feels amazing probably better than it's felt in years. And I've been able to overcome some of these issues that I've had for so long. So some of my favorite things about these products are that they are sulfate-free, paraben-free, dye-free, never tested on animals. So it checks all those boxes when it comes to finding products that have quality ingredients. They smell amazing and there are free returns. So if you are ready to have the best hair of your life, try Gemist. Right now, our listeners can give Gemist a try and get 20% off their shampoo and conditioner smart subscription. Smart subscribers already save 20% on each order, so this is an amazing deal. And with two-day shipping, you can have it by your hot date this weekend. Just visit Gemist.com to get your personalized recommendation and enter Find the Magic at checkout for 20% off your subscription and free two-day shipping. That's Gemist.com, G-E-M-M-I-S-T.com, and enter Find the Magic at checkout to get the best hair of your life. What's up, you guys? Roger Jessup here with the Utah House Doctors. So you just bought your nice new house, and what happens when something goes wrong or something breaks? We have you covered. 
We have vetted several contractors, whether it be from a break in your sprinkler lines or your kid punched a hole in the wall and you just need a handyman. You have access to these people by following our page. And these are people that we know and trust. In this next clip, we are figuring out how we can find meaning in our lives when the world often tells us that money, how our bodies look, or how our homes look is how we will find meaning. Um, we're breaking that down and questioning that belief and determining how we can find meaning through cultivating our own values and recognizing that we guide the ship. We decide what things in our lives are meaningful and we settle into how we can create that meaning. And I think that's also connecting to your values, the experience of your specific, like yours, Terrell. Like you place value on your spiritual connection and, you know, art, music. Like if we can figure out what our values are, then an insert experiencing those in our day-to-day lives instead of because sometimes we just get caught up in Mm -hmm. the the mundane stuff and then we feel Mm -hmm. like that like well i just go to work at the grocery store and then i just come home and i i'm annoyed because people were bothering me and we're not experiencing things that really are touching out our core values so and it might be an exercise in determining those and making sure am i fitting something in that is a value to me mm. every single day because probably we're just mindless about it a lot of the times yeah you know yeah and this comes back to i actually think this is going to be a recurring theme this comes back guys to awareness and presence mm-hmm. yeah. you can't actually experience any of these mediums if you're distracted and thinking about the future or the past or your phone mm-hmm. you can't actually experience any of these things that can have the power to lift us up and give us more meaning in our lives if we don't allow the space for it mm-hmm. yeah so totally. How that looks is bringing yourself into the present moment. I, you guys know, my go-to is take a deep breath, right? Feel the breath go in. All like actually feel the sensation of it. And then no matter what experience you're doing. So if you're like, okay, I got to feel something here because I'm not feeling anything. I'm feeling empty. Feeling like there's not meaning. I don't want to do an act of service right now. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I'm going to try this one. Mm-hmm. My recommendation is take a deep breath. Choose your medium, whether it's beautiful art going outside, experiencing love for somebody else, which is just literally bringing that person into your mind. Seriously, you just picture their face. Mm -hmm. So, and you guys have heard me talk about this, but it's so powerful. So I'm going to repeat it again in case there's anybody out here who's feeling this. You picture the person's face in front of you. So take a deep breath. So you're tapping into your body. You're bringing present. You picture somebody you love, something, a pet, whatever. I don't care who it is, something that you can feel love for. And then you take a deep breath in and you picture all the cells in your body, like a little solar panel, like soaking it in like i picture i'm turning and like turning golden and you bring it in breathe it back out like you're literally just experiencing love you're Mm -hmm. cultivating love inside of yourself or you could turn on say for example this wouldn't work for me with uh, really distracting music with like a lot of words although that is also really powerful so honestly whatever music you choose is great i'm getting really excited here and i'm starting (laughs) to talk really fast (laughs) Um, but say, for example, you're going to shoot like, I love the cello. So if I was wanting to do this right now with a cello, I would take a deep breath in. I would make sure I have no distractions and I turn on some cello music and I would just observe what it does to my body, right? Like I feel it going through my ears. I'd feel what it does to my heart. 
I just actually like experience it like a full sensory experience. Do I feel anything in my skin? Can I feel if it's really loud? Can I feel it in my chest? I love that when something's really loud, mm-hmm. you can like feel it mm-hmm. like, going through your chest. So just turn, if you're, if you're going for this mode of finding meaning, come into the present moment, use all five of your senses and just lean into whatever beautiful thing you're trying to experience. Just lean into it and like let it just go over all of you. Mm-hmm. And there is meaning in just experiencing life, guys. Mm-hmm. There is beauty in just truly living life. Mm-hmm. So in and the present moment. Right. And to the, you know, the distraction point and, and phones, I think a lot of us are, we're giving away that attention and that like just raw experience of life, vulnerability with other people to distractions mm-hmm. and comparison. So then of course we're not finding meaning in our life because yeah. it's not anybody else's life. So if you're just looking to other people's lives instead of going inward and looking at your own, I think you end up there really easily mm-hmm. with no meaning. Yeah, you know? Because it looks like everybody, if you look online, it looks like everybody's fulfilled and mm-hmm. whatever they're doing, it mm-hmm. has the most meaning ever. Right. <laughs> right. Totally. Yeah. And then we just are left feeling empty ourselves. Yeah. And that third leg of what the third thing that Frankel recommends as courses of action is suffering. And this is an interesting concept to wrap your, wrap your head around. I love this quote. He says, what man actually needs is not a tensionless state, but rather the striving and struggling for some wor- goal worthy of him. What he needs is not the discharge of tension at any cost, but the call of a potential meaning waiting to be fulfilled by him. And I think if you think about your suffering or sufferings or, you know, hardships day to day, our suffering doesn't compare to what he went through and my suffering's not going to compare to somebody else's suffering, but just your own suffering. I think a lot of the times we think happiness, being happy, which again is a loaded term because I think joy and meaning are the ultimate goal. Happiness, not necessarily. It's mixed mm-hmm. in there, but it's like right. not Because happiness then. is just a simple emotion a that feeling. comes and goes. Yeah. Right. No more or less than sadness. And Right. Yeah. Right. So if we're looking at finding meaning in our lives, we need to realize that it's not sp- supposed to be tensionless. Mm-hmm. And if, if I reframe my life and say, I am supposed to be challenged by the pandemic. It is supposed to create a sort of chaos in my life. There's beauty in this change that I'm going through. This transition is, there is reason in it. I can find meaning here. It changes the way you think about your entire life. Mm -hmm. Instead of, uh, we didn't get to go out to dinner and it's our date night. And like, do you know what I mean? Even little things like that can feel like a small suffering that can weigh us down or my husband lost his job and like my I'm not that's not supposed to happen we're we should have money all the time mm-hmm. and we're he's supposed to be at this point in, in his career like that instead of looking at it like that if we can look at those strugglings and tensions as ways that we can find meaning and change and grow Mm -hmm. that mindset shift is so powerful for me Mm -hmm. yeah totally and it's choosing to find 
it isn't that you're having to accept that there is a reason as in like there's some like punishment out there that right. I'm suffering because I have to because there's a reason because that doesn't feel good, mm -hmm. right? But you're just simply choosing to find a reason. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And the reason could be whatever you're learning about yourself, right. Right? right? I always look at it as would I choose to experience pain? No. In fact, Frankel says life isn't about finding pleasure and avoiding pain. It's about finding meaning in our day-to-day -day lives. I don't think we should spend our lives searching for pleasure and avoiding for pain. I think that we should simply be open to pleasure and open to pain. Just be open to both because you're going to be feeling them both. Right. So we don't, we don't try to numb them. We don't chase after really either one. We simply accept them as they come and enjoy them or, well, it's either enjoy or accept, actually. <laughs> I'm usually not enjoying pain. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. But, but as I say that, I look at it as when I go through something really hard. So let's, I mean, Felicia just gave us some really beautiful examples when you're going through something really hard and somebody says this happens for a reason, sometimes you just want to punch them in the face. Mm -hmm. It's so true. So mm -hmm. that's not what we're saying here at all. Right. But we're saying that if you're paying the price for something through pain, you might as well choose to get whatever gem comes out of that. Because right. we can choose to really, it's really we're choosing to make some gems. Like we're mm -hmm. choosing to find a gift. I actually like to ask myself, is there a gift here that I can get because I am paying a heavy price for it? Mm -hmm. And I don't want to miss out on whatever gift there could possibly be here because I'm hating the price. Mm -hmm. If I'm going to be paying this price, let's look for a gift. And guys, yeah. guess what? My hardest things I have ever experienced in my life, there is always a gift there. Would mm -hmm. I choose them again? No, I wouldn't choose them again. Mm -hmm. Do I think that somebody, like that there's some like cosmic, like God's making this bad thing happen? No, I don't think that either. I simply think we live on this earth and that there are hard things that we go through. And I really do believe down in my soul that as we pay that price of suffering, that there are gifts that we can find, but we have to choose to find them. Mm -hmm. yeah. And a lot of it, I think, is also eliminating, as you were talking about suffering and the idea of, you know, losing your job, it shouldn't be this way. I'm thinking of Byron Katie saying, we know that it should be because it is, mm -hmm. right? Just simply, it is reality. Mm -hmm. So as we come to realize that, like I am feeling this misery and this is how I'm feeling, mm -hmm. right? Just simply accept it and then take that accepting, ask yourself, is there some gift here? Cause I'm paying a price for it. And if you can't think of a gift, guess what guys, you make a gift. Mm -hmm. It could be that you're feeling empathy for people who feel the same way as you. That could be the only gift you can even think of. Yeah. And that's enough. Yeah. I think um, a couple of tools that came to my mind, I was thinking about this because I feel like, especially this time period, we are gonna look back at this and I think our children, like it's it's a big time and I feel like there's a lot of historical things happening and so I think we will look back to this and our kids will and our grandkids will look at what we say about this, just like the Great Depression. Like there's certain things. And so I was thinking like a tool that I think we have talked about before, but I think journaling is a huge one right now to think, mm. like write down what are your feelings, what are the hard things that you're going through, what are the, and then think about maybe what are some of the gifts that you have received that have maybe been offered to you during this. And I think that we can all find those. And I think we're gonna look back at this time and there's gonna be a lot of growth, like a lot of growing pain from it, but there is definitely a lot of gifts that come from it. Another thought that I had too is that I think the everything happens for a reason thing. Like I think, I don't think God is, yeah, like moving things around necessarily, like micromanaging everything to, you know, like if something bad happens in your life that it was like that God did that to you. But I find, and because I, I am like a, I do think of myself as like a religious and a spiritual person. I do believe that we can invite God into the details of our lives. And so whatever whatever you're going through, 
I do think that we can invite him in and that can also help us see meaning and seek for ways to find the gifts. Mm-hmm. There's a quote that I really love. I believe it's from President Thomas S. Monson, but he says, you can't change the wind, but you can always adjust the sails. And that's something that has always stuck with me, like since I was a teenager of that, like sometimes we can't change the storms that come into our lives or the wind. And there's a lot of wind right now for a lot of people, mm-hmm. but we can change how we respond to it. And so I think it all comes back to this, like we have that choice and there is a lot of power and and freedom in that. Mm-hmm. So I think it's cool that we can we can like take charge in our own lives and decide to choose to find meaning, whether it's in suffering, whether it's in finding beautiful things, like we can choose those things, which is really beautiful. And I think there is so much meaning that comes from things being hard. So I think about parenting. Yeah. <laughs> it's in no way easy. I mean, kids bring us joy because they are kids and babies, but most things about about parenting are hard and and that's just day to day. You're sacrificing sleep, your time, <laughs> your sleep. <laughs> yeah. Going to the bathroom, eating, like you're sacrificing the literal life force of your body <laughs> as you create them and then right. support them mm-hmm. with your own nutrients. Yes, I mean, there's a yeah. lot. Yeah, you. It is almost all hard, but most of us who have kids place or have found so much meaning in in parenting them, and it's that unconditional love, right, that makes us feel that. But it's I also do think that it is because it is hard. Running a marathon is really hard and it is suffering a lot of the times. Or I think to different circumstances that my parents have shared with me with things they went through when they were younger. And I won't I won't share them all, but we all have, you know, times in our lives where we're suffering greatly and if we can find that meaning, I think those are the times when we come out the other side of that mess that we're in where, do you get what I'm saying? We come out with way more meaning than had we just been floating through Hmm. happy, in quotes, days. Mm -hmm. Like I think suffering and hardships do bring us so much meaning in this life if we can work through them in the right mindset Mm -hmm. and we come out the other side. I mean, cliche but you are stronger for for it you're stronger for the hard things you go through and I don't know I think just shifting that mindset right now in this time for me has changed so much of and I know my the sufferings that I've had have been small in comparison to a lot of you I'm sure you've experienced a lot of people listening have experienced really hard stuff Mm -hmm. through this pandemic but I had days that were I was feeling like almost that hopelessness Mm -hmm. of like, but we had so many plants. There were so many things that, you know, the, the shoulds, all the Mm -hmm. shoulds or the perceived control. I think we kind of have to let that go and find, be present with the day to day things that we go through and Mm -hmm. find meaning in them. All right. In this last little clip we are going to talk about how we can avoid drudging through our days and come to accept and find joy and enthusiasm in the little things and um, a peaceful acceptance in the things that are challenging us okay so today we are going to talk about 
a concept that we learned from Eckhart Tolle's book, A New Earth. A New Earth, yes. And this, honestly, we could, with his book, I mean, how many times have we referred to it? Oh my gosh. Yeah. We could have like a whole year of episodes just on this book. This is just one little baby nugget that we love. And in fact, Oprah, her podcast, Super Soul Sunday, she did a whole like 10 episodes of each chapter of his book. So if you're like, I'm not quite ready for like commitment to the whole book, she like breaks down each chapter and it's very good. But we're going to specifically talk about his concept of these three modalities and they are acceptance, enjoyment, and enthusiasm. And basically they're a way to look at everything we do and our motivation for what we're doing and how we can not drudge through things, basically, but at least accept them. And how we can be on a a level, an energy level that is actually leading to consciousness and presence. Mm -hmm. So he says, if you can't be in one of these three modalities, acceptance, enjoyment, or enthusiasm, then it's perhaps worth looking at what it is you're doing because it's, you're not living presence or consciously Mm -hmm. if you're not living in one of these three things. And that may sound like a really strong statement, but I actually really, I think he's right. Mm -hmm. And guys, I also apologize. My nose, I have so much nasal (laughs) congestion right now. I sound terrible. So I apologize Mm -hmm. for my, for my plugged up nose. I apologize. Okay. So I, I went to a yoga training, teacher training last weekend and in it, we had one of the, this is kind of like a yogic principle of acceptance. And when you first hear this word, the reason why I'm bringing this up right now is because I used to feel this way and there were many women in our group who also felt the exact same way. Mm-hmm. When you hear the word acceptance, what comes up in you? Because if you're anything like I have felt my entire life, literally probably until, I don't know, maybe a few years ago, I'd hear that word and it would make me mad. I could actually yeah. feel myself like little like I'm prickles <laughs> coming up and being like, heavens no. Yeah. <laughs> I am not going to accept things in my life that I don't want. And also the word surrender. Oh my mm-hmm. heavens. I, I seriously was asked to speak one time and in it, the, there was the word surrender on the subject they gave me. And I actually was like, I can't talk about this. Mm-hmm. I, I and So in my thing, I was like, I actually can't even talk about this because I hate the word surrender. So mm-hmm. I'm going to talk about something else mm-hmm. that kind of applies. But now I realize, I think I know what it is we're talking about. We're not talking about surrendering and just being, coming a doormat Complacent. and letting life mm-hmm. run all over us because we can't change anything. That sounds, <clears throat> that's what makes me mad. Mm-hmm. Like, when you think of it that way, I think doormat, I think victim, mm-hmm. I think you don't have any control of your own life, Agency. Mm-hmm. which are all the things that rub me wrong, right? Mm-hmm. I don't like any of those things. Mm-hmm. I don't think there's anything right about being in a situation and saying, oh, fine, I just, I'll just put up with it. Mm-hmm. No, we are agents in our own life and we can change things. However, what we're talking about here, so specifically, I, I just want to point out, and I know we always do these disclaimers, but it's really important for me with the wide variety of listeners that we have, especially, I mean, we have people all over the world, and I know that there are people in different situations. In situations where, where it's a matter of emotional or physical safety, those are situations where maybe instead of sitting in it like we're talking about here and cultivating a feeling of acceptance, those mm-hmm. are situations where just Being, yes, be present, accept that it is reality, and then get out of that reality, right? right? Which, yeah, which Eckhart says 
if you if you physically are like i can't accept this then it's probably a thing that you need to get out of yeah. or stop doing yeah stop find doing a different it way or get out mm-hmm. of it exactly so this isn't saying it's saying that accepting your current reality is the first step so for example let's look at if you're in a really negative situation a lot of times i think we live in a delusion and we justify being in a negative situation let's mm-hmm. say it's say say you're living with an abusive person mm-hmm. and you're you're like uh, you, you try to make it seem like it's better than it really is. Mm. But when you truly accept that this is what it is, this is the reality and it is not a good reality, that's where you get the power to actually mm-hmm. get out of that situation. Does that make sense? Mm-hmm. So acceptance is not a passive thing. Acceptance is seeing reality and then taking the inspired action to change that reality, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. So that's an important concept, <clears throat> I think. Yes. Because if you're not taking then the step to change it then you're you're suffering you're probably creating suffering for other people so acceptance means and i love this this word for her word from him but i just love how he says this for now this is what this situation this moment requires me to do and so i do it willingly so if you've taken this okay i accept this is where i am and then you're choosing to stay in it so, which is like 90% of things we do as right. parents in our lives, right? right? We're choosing to do them not because they're glamorous or because right. we love every second, mm-hmm. but because we're willingly choosing them. Mm-hmm. Because, so if you're thinking about parenting, you're up all night with a sick baby or changing diapers all the time, or maybe it's like driving carpool. I haven't done that yet, but I know it's going to take a lot of acceptance for me. <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> Sounds not fun. Budgeting, or- anything. Even people's jobs. I mean, yes, I think a lot of people have a job that is probably a situation where they're choosing it because it's providing for their family, mm-hmm. but it's probably more of an acceptance situation. Exactly. I mean, we all hope to get to the point where we're doing something with our job that we're on fire about, mm-hmm. but you might just have a just a regular job right now. And yes. Accepting is a good, it's actually a good space to be, and that's okay to be in that space. Right. And what Eckhart is saying is that if you can get to that acceptance, it it's that feeling of being at peace with what you're doing when you're doing it right in that moment. And it's not, I think it comes across as passive, mm-hmm. it's just accepting, but it's actually, you're creating a peace with it. You're creating that just presence in that moment. You're not, it's not passive. Uh-huh. And, and Eckhart Tolle says you're bringing something I even like how he says it he says you're bringing something new to the situation mm-hmm. anytime you can bring peace and elevate kind of your energy in that situation you are bringing something new so mm-hmm. you can apply this so these specifically these three things we're applying them today when it comes to doing things in your life mm-hmm. look at your whole things things that you're doing in your life and try if you can to apply these three things and if you can't then he says, consider, yeah, consider removing the thing mm-hmm. or changing your mindset. So mm-hmm. an example of this is for me. So last month I have a Jeep and the top is off the Jeep and it makes me really happy. I love it. Well, we were leaving on a vacation one day, like in the afternoon. So, you know, there's a lot of stuff to do, but one of my friends was getting married and it was about a half an hour away from my house. And I, she's a dear friend. So I really wanted to go to the wedding. I drive to the wedding it was the wrong day. Just a little side note. It was the wrong, the wrong day. day. So I'm like wasting this precious time. Oh my gosh, I didn't know that. Prepping for the trip. <laughs> yeah, it was before Oregon. Yeah. 
So I'm like, okay, but it was this glorious, it was still like a beautiful day. I'm right. Like, you know what? So what? I got a ride in the Jeep without my kids. Whatever. You know, mm-hmm. great. I turn around to come home and it starts seriously like monsoon downpouring. Oh my like, gosh. full blown. I mean, and this happens rarely in Utah in the summer. Really, you know, I yeah, know in a lot really of places. Rare. Yeah. Not just like a drizzle, I'm talking like <laughs> sheets of water coming down. So I'm on the freeway at this point in the Jeep with the top off. <laughs> And I'm not prepared. Like, I don't have anything. I don't have a coat. I don't have a hat. Nothing. There are, guys, there are literally people <laughs> taking pictures of me in the other lanes. Like, I look over. There's this girl, like, laughing, like, taking a picture of me as I'm just, like, wet dog looking at her. <laughs> this is, and it was cold. You're definitely going to be a meme. <laughs> Seriously. And I'm, like, shivering, shaking. Like, it was, it was unpleasant. But in that situation... I knew I had at that point like 20 minutes left in the drive. I wasn't going to choose. Like there was a motorcycle guy under a overpass. So, I mean, I had options. Had I really hated it enough, I could have like pulled over and waited right. the storm out. But it wasn't a ch- – I was willingly choosing to keep driving home. I knew that it wouldn't last forever. <laughs> I'd only have 20 more minutes. I wasn't going to like die or anything. I was just in an mm-hmm. unpleasant situation. So, thinking of good old – Eckhart Tolle, and thinking, can I cultivate a feeling of acceptance in this situation? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I, I'm not choosing to change it because I think the best situation is just to stay mm-hmm. like the wet llama <laughs> getting rained on. And can I cultivate that acceptance? And it was actually like a unique, I can't say that I enjoyed or had any enthousi- enthusiasm about the situation. Right. However, it, there was a shift that happened inside mm-hmm. of me. This is where I am. I'm mm-hmm. getting rained on. People are taking pictures mm-hmm. of me. And I wouldn't choose this, mm-hmm. but here I am. And yeah. it changed it from, it shouldn't, because we create suffering when we have resistance. So if it right. should be, it shouldn't be like this. I shouldn't even come to this because clearly oh, it was why? the wrong. Yeah, why did I do that? Yeah. <laughs> the wrong uh-huh. day. How did I not check the weather? You know, all right. those kinds of things. Those are what create suffering inside of us. The resistance that it shouldn't be this way. Mm-hmm. This is the way it is. As soon as you just bring up the word, like, can I accept this? I can because I am. Mm-hmm. I'm already doing it. Mm-hmm. So let's just not create any extra suffering. Mm-hmm. And guys, something changed. Something changed on the inside of me. Mm-hmm. And it was fine. And guess what? I made it home and yeah. I dried off. And yeah. It was not a problem. Yes. So. Because the opposite really of that is being mad, being resentful, go down a spiral. So when I was thinking of this, I was thinking about like the constant treadmill of keeping a house clean. Yes. When... You have a family. It's my favorite part yeah. of <laughs> I love it. I'm enthused about it. <laughs> and so I think a lot of... There you, are some people who find a lot of enthusiasm about sure. it. For me, it's mostly acceptance. Yeah. And yeah. that's where I am. So. And yeah, so because you could either not... You could choose to not do it. Yes. Or you could be mad about it. Or you could be in the moment and accept knowing that... You, you chose it. Yeah. Because there are other yeah. options. I chose to own the things in yep. my house. I mm-hmm. chose to have the amount of dishes that I have in mm-hmm. my house. I chose to even create the people who live in my house. Right. You know, And not just things. go out to eat or not. So, yeah. Yeah. yeah, there are ways around it. But if you're going to accept it, it is realizing that it's your cho- choice and taking responsibility for it. Yes. Which I think is huge. And when it comes to, so I love to think of this one the the keeping the home clean one because i'm actually someone i actually do i enjoy cleaning in certain situations uh-huh. so the next concept that 
Eckhart talks about like the next level is enjoyment. And so when I think of cleaning, there are sometimes when I'm just accepting it, but I have found that if I can get into that space of like, okay, accepting this is what I'm doing in the moment, I can move into finding some enjoyment. So you're surrendering surrendering to the action, but then you're feeling almost like a little like energy of aliveness that's coming from you going into that task. Yes. Presence. Presence. Uh Yep. So I love love this concept because I think a lot of, a lot of times, and especially I feel this as a mom, but I think everybody feels this, but Eckhart calls it the waiting to start living syndrome. And he says it's a delusion of an unconscious state, but basically it's where you're like, okay, when I get the dishes done and then put away all the kids' stuff and then get the baby down for a nap, then, then I can relax and then I'll feel good and then I'll be happy. And enjoy my life. Right. Then my life. Once all my kids, once like the youngest is five and then we can like go on trips really easily and then it like... I'll be having fun in our family. Or once, okay, so I, I'm, I get that promotion and then I can just go down to four days a week and then I can retire and then I can enjoy. So that delusion of waiting to start living until you get to some hypothetical end goal is the opposite of <laughs> the enjoyment that we want to find by, and we've talked about this a lot, that everything comes from within us. So we have that joy inside of us that we can bring to every single moment, every single little thing that we're doing. So if that's, now I need to wash the dishes, if you can accept and then maybe move into feeling a little bit of aliveness. So you're in that moment and he describes like, so you're feeling the water, it's warm, maybe you're hearing your kids playing in the background, you can feel, oh, I, like I'm I'm doing this because I love my kids and I want to have this clean environment for them or whatever it is, but it's bringing presence to those in little individual tax, tasks every moment instead of looking to a hypothetical end where you will then be happy when you yes, get there. Yes, yes. And I think it's a, I mean, it's a dangerous space to be in the ever waiting for mm-hmm. happiness because... Our whole life is made up of tasks. Not all of them are going to be high level excitement. Mm-hmm. And so if we wait to live till we're feeling that, there it's possible that we will wait our whole lives mm-hmm. to live, right? Yeah. So feeling that aliveness, that presence, that consciousness during any situation, I think I think it's really the key to just living, living our life, not having our life go by and be like, mm-hmm. where did that go? Because I wasn't feeling like I was living because I was just... Mm-hmm doing the things that made my life and I thought of them as things that I was just waiting to be over right so and just exactly that like the thought and I think this is a really tricky one to wrap your head around because the thought that joy comes from another thing or activity Mm -hmm. is I think that's how we naturally oh I'm going on a date tonight and then I'll have joy that will be fun (laughs) but now this isn't Mm -hmm. but it's really changing your mindset to think I am creating whatever I'm doing 
can be joyful because it's me. It's not the thing or the activity or the end goal. Yeah. Something I've been really enjoying lately is the concept of enjoying anticipation. Mm. So we've talked about this a little bit, but just the example of the date that Mm -hmm. night. I've started thinking, can I take the energy of that date tonight, that anticipation, and actually bring it, not because I'm not happy with what I'm doing now, but because I actually, like when I feel that feeling of like, ugh, Mm-hmm. I'm mopping the floor right now and mm-hmm. I can't wait for my day tonight. Instead, I can say, I am mopping the floor right now and I'm alive. Mm-hmm. Here I am. Mm-hmm. I'm going to feel that feeling and actually bring a little bit of that anticipation mm-hmm. into that mopping of the floor. And mm-hmm. actually, it changes the mopping of the floor. It's mm-hmm. like you're enjoying the concept of anticipating. It's right. Right. I love that. So here's two examples to kind of help you wrap your head around it from my own personal life. And it, they're both examples of how acceptance can actually open you up to enjoyment. Mm-hmm. So the first example is sickness. So I know that there are people out there who are listening who are thinking, what if I am really sick? Maybe mm-hmm. it's a chronic illness. Maybe mm-hmm. it's a terminal illness. And I know these are hard topics, but if you are really sick, a lot of the suffering that comes from around that is thinking that it shouldn't be that way. Mm-hmm. So, and Oprah gives this example. Now, this is just a, just a regular sickness. She, she gives the example of, in her interview with Eckhart Tolle, of being really sick. She went home, and instead of being like, oh, I shouldn't do this. I shouldn't be sick. It's going to mess up my whole schedule that I have. She just said, okay, can I accept it? Can I accept that I have a virus right now, and I am feeling terrible? As soon as she accepted it, she actually, her body, she's like, it allowed me to like sleep and go through it. And I have actually experienced this where you feel really sick and instead of fighting it, you just say, oh, here I am. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I'm accepting that this is what I, but now what are the, what's the inspired action that I could do? And you, you can actually think like, okay, I'm going to take this thing. I'm going to do this. Mm-hmm. I'm going to get this rest. And your body responds. It's amazing. Mm-hmm. So with kid sicknesses, this is an example of, so like when a kid, one of my kids, you guys know, I have a weakness for throwing up bad, <laughs> bad. When my kid is throwing up, I and am somehow not. somehow you have throwing up kids. I really They're do. more throwing up-ish. My oldest throws up. <laughs> yeah, it's really. Like, any yeah. sickness yeah. she has, I swear, even if it's not a throw of sickness, she just throws up. <laughs> anyway, so when my kid is throwing up, I am not enjoying it. Mm-hmm. However, I have found that if I can bring acceptance to the situation, mm-hmm. my child is throwing up, I am here comforting her. Mm-hmm. That feels different than why is she throwing up? I have this thing tomorrow, blah, blah, blah. It shouldn't be like this. I'm going to be mm-hmm. tired. All those things. Those mm-hmm. just create suffering. Mm-hmm. Here I am mm-hmm. comforting my child. And that actually feels like a loving sense of acceptance, mm-hmm. right? And then once you can feel that acceptance, then for me, it opens me up to feeling the feeling of when they're not actually in the middle of the throwing up but then they're tired and I'm holding them. Mm-hmm. I've actually found there has been times where I have been up with a sick child in the night, practicing accepting as I'm comforting them through the, the harder parts. And then it opens me up to feel the joy when they're sleeping in my arms and I am exhausted, but there is this little feeling of enjoyment and love because I was able to feel the acceptance in the hard time. Mm-hmm. Does that make sense? Yeah. So when you feel the acceptance, it actually kind of opens you up to feeling, moving into the more enjoyment. And... I think the same thing can happen with really whatever whatever difficult thing you're going through. When you can tap into a feeling of this is where I am right now. Can I get out of it? Obviously, that's always the question. Mm-hmm. And if I can't, then can I cultivate a sentence acceptance? And then that opens you up to moving in, in and out of enjoyment, right? Mm-hmm. Within that situation. Because mm-hmm. we all have really hard things we go through. And I think it's a beautiful thing to be able to move between acceptance and enjoyment. And then another example... 
this also has to do with my Jeep in the rain. This morning on my way here, I pull out and it was drizzling. Luckily, at this time I was at my house, so I could be more prepared, right? First of all, it wasn't a monsoon. That helps. <laughs> Second of all, I like had a, so I got my ski coat, so, like I had a hood on me. I was warm. And as I was driving down to record this, I was like, this is different from the last time I drove. I didn't even have to cultivate acceptance. I mean, it was like a quick acceptance. Just like, mm-hmm. oh, it's raining. Here mm-hmm. I am. I'm going to put on. So I was warm. And guys, I actually enjoyed my drive mm-hmm. in the rain down here. It was a short drive for mm-hmm. one. <laughs> but it's just drizzling. And I was warm because I was prepared. And it was like, I can actually enjoy driving mm-hmm. in the rain. Mm-hmm. So that, that's an example of two different situations. One, all I could do was cultivate acceptance. Mm-hmm. That was the best I could do. Mm-hmm. And today, I can actually cultivate enjoyment because the situation was a little different. Mm-hmm. And But it takes a conscious effort. Yes. Which of these yeah. energies am I tapping into? <clears throat> me, 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 me. <laughs> <laughs> <At> brown cows. 